Hey guys, it's Dr. Joseph Tropper here, and I told you I was going to be focusing on trauma, so I'm back again, and today my title is actually my one of my claims to fame. It's called Seven Lies of Trauma, and um, I'm really privileged to work for a company, and we give lots and lots of trainings to other therapists to help them become more effective in what they do, and this is one of my pet peeves, the seven lies of trauma, and I'm really, really proud to be delivering it on May 11th of this year, and I wanted to give you a preview um, from a psychological standpoint about how the seven lies of trauma are really, really relevant to you. In my training for therapists, I talk about what to do about that. And obviously, as I go through these seven lies that trauma begets and actually percolates in, um, I'm going to actually um, give some hints and tips about how somebody could actually work on these things. So let's zoom out for a moment and let's look at trauma from a biological and psychological perspective. And one of the best ways to do this is finally in the 1980s, um, I believe it was 1980 flat, um, the DSM started acknowledging post-traumatic stress disorder as a diagnosis. Now, as we talked about, just because somebody has trauma doesn't mean they have PTSD, right? But looking at the three main categories of reactions or non-reactions, I should say, in both of them, right, both, um, is really, really very revealing when it comes to trauma. And what are they? The first category is intrusive thoughts and memories. So people that go through trauma experience unwanted and distressing thoughts, memories, flashbacks of the traumatic event. Now, remember, when we say trauma, it could be that it was a um, acute trauma or it could be it's a recurrent trauma that's you know there and pervasive and, and present or it could be a, a one-time you know incident, so to speak. Either way. But it leads to increased anxiety, depression, feelings of disconnect. So that's the intrusive thoughts. And you, you've heard this from me before, and it's okay. I always go back to it because I think it's actually well done. The next is avoidant behaviors, um, which are trauma survivors um, avoid situations, people, or activities that remind them of the trauma. And finally, hyperarousal, which is a general derivative of this. Trauma survivors experience heightened levels of anxiety and irritability and hypervigilance, worried that they are going to be impacted again by the trauma. So when we talk about that, um, one of the outgrowths of this is the seven lies that trauma uh, not only gets percolated in and cultivated in, but also um, continues to be in the present and also guarantees that trauma will continue to traumatize and wreak havoc. So I'm going to read through what the seven lies are, and then I'm going to explain each one. And again, if you are experiencing any of this, you're normal, and it's something that people go through, and there is amazing amounts of help that you could get in order to be able to overcome these things so that your life is not being bogged down by trauma, okay? And these are the seven lies in what I call order of, <laughs> in some ways, I mean, it's, it's hard to even say this, but um, least severe to most severe. Now, again, if you experience item number seven that I'm going to list over here, and I'm going to go from seven, six down, you know, down to one, it's not meant offensively. It very well could be that item seven is totally wreaking havoc in your life. But I have them in a specific order because I believe that they are um, cumulative in some ways, and I also believe that they the, this is this is the order that stops people from actually getting help in therapy. And as you'll see, item number seven out of the seven of them um, is you are hopeless. And many trauma survivors believe that it is absolutely impossible for them to be helped. And not only that, but the trauma itself often happen in a place of hopelessness. Um, and so, understanding that it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed and to feel like my life will never be the same, it'll never revert back to a normal equilibrium, that is a very, very normal thing that people think and experience when they went through trauma. And so you're not alone. And I believe that that gets in the way of people seeking out help because if I believe that you could help me, then I'm going to come uh, talk to you. But if I don't believe that I'm helpable, 
then there's just no point. And so a lot of the therapeutic process is helping people understand that it's, they're not hopeless. Um, I always say, whenever I talk about that, that there's a dichotomy because sometimes people come into my office and they say, well, okay, fine, you convinced me that I'm not hopeless, but then you don't understand what I went through. So there's two aspects there. One of them is that they still go back to the hopelessness, profound hopelessness. And the other is another part, which is that um, they sometimes oscillate between, well, if you don't think that I'm hopeless, then, then, then I'm still not convinced that I'm not hopeless because it just means you don't understand the depth of what I went through, which is also true, that no one else, no one can understand the depth of, of pain what you went through. Um, trauma has a, a lonely part to it, which is uh, number six and five. So number six is you are unsafe. And the lack of safety that trauma um, is so prevalent in and how it's created and also how it continues to be a life story of, of lack of safety is a huge part of something that gets in the way of people getting help. And again, these are called the seven lies of trauma because trauma lurks in these areas and is cultivated in these areas, but also it continues to thrive and grow in these areas. Number five is you're alone. Um, there's no one here for you. There's no one that cares about you. You're not careable. You're, you're not able to be cared for. You're not lovable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that's, this lonely feeling is something that is very, very deeply rooted in the trauma victim who is alone and was alone often at the time of their trauma, even if they're with other people, but there's an element of just being singled out and what they went through. Maybe they feel God turned their back on them if they believe in God anymore. Maybe they feel their parents or the perpetrator, which oftentimes is someone they know, right? Or a teacher or whatever, whoever, whoever the perpetrator was. So this feeling of loneliness is very, very prevalent. And again, it makes it feel like I can't get help. Number four out of seven is you deserve it or you deserved it. And it's a self-blame part. And it's, it's, it's human nature. We all say to ourselves, you know, I knew it. I should have said something. Um, part of grief and this five um, levels of grief, five stages of grief, are um, five experiences of grief is how I actually say it. Because they're experiences. They're not actual stages because you can bounce back and forth in different ones. But is bargaining, which is playing Monday morning quarterback. You know, this person was sick. It's my fault. I, I drove them nuts. I hurt them. Or if they would have... God, if I would have demanded that they get this help, then maybe that experimental thing would have helped. Number three is the anger of the of you are a victim. So many people who went through trauma um, are in places of pain and just don't feel good about themselves. And therefore, there's we see a lot of anger and frustration there. Number two, you can't feel or it's not safe to feel. Part of the unsafe one that we mentioned before, but also you can't feel. And sometimes when we go through trauma, so it tells us to turn off our emotions because it's just too painful to experience and so it's a great defense mechanism just turn off everything the problem is if you turn off the faucet in the house because your toilet is overflowing you also can't do laundry meaning that the water supply is really bringing multiple positive things into your life but because of the pain that's causing you to turn off the main faucet so it's preventing all that color from being experienced in life, which is really what where feelings are. So you can't feel is a great defense mechanism, but it also perpetuates the trauma. And finally, the last one is you don't exist or you're a liar, which is the same thing. You're a fraud. And that is the confusion and the existential crisis that trauma brings within it and where trauma begets trauma and where trauma often percolates as well. So I hope you found that helpful. I know that I don't want to leave you off on a bad note where it's like, oh, wow, that's really hopeless. And yeah, I'm a trauma victim and I feel all those things. Sometimes calling out the boogeyman also takes out some of the light, takes out some of the darkness and adds some light to your life. So just think about these things. I'm going to read them again 
And I want you to really think about how this lie has been perpetuated inside you. And your next stage of help is to actually know that all these things are all false. And remember that list is number seven, you're hopeless. Number six, you're unsafe. Number five, you're alone. Number four, you deserve it or you deserved it. Number three, you're a victim. Number two, you don't, you can't feel. And number one, you don't exist. I want to tell you the opposite. You do exist. You're an important, autonomous human being. You can feel and you will feel and you will heal. You are not a victim. You are a survivor and you're a thriver. And we're moving forward from those two. You didn't deserve it and no human being deserves that. You're not alone. You are part of a community. You're part of a, a network of people that love you and care about you. You're safe and you could do things to help yourself be safe. And you are hopeful for a brighter future. Thank you so much for joining. And I hope this helped you on your journey. And I hope that the, getting these lies out of our head and replacing them with the real truth that you are moving forward in life and becoming a healthy person is something that is so important to me and the people that I work with. If I can help you in any way, you know how to reach me, josephtropper at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me and have a great day.